0: welcome to Dishing with Stephanie's Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Good morning. I am here with Matthew Batt, and he has written a book called The Last Supper Club, A Waiter's Requiem. And he was published by the Minnesota Historical Press, which is my publisher too. So I was excited to get your book because I feel like we haven't had a good waiter story in a while and it's high time. So welcome to the program.
1: Thanks, Stephanie. Great to be here.
0: Yeah. Um, Can you give people a little bit of your backstory about what it is that you're writing about? You're writing about the restaurant that you worked at that a lot of us will know that closed and kind of your experience there.
1: Sure. So uh, basically, it started um, when I was on sabbatical from my university teaching job and discovered after a few months that uh, it turns out a 50% pay cut is actually quite a lot of money. Um, And so... (laughs) I was absolutely broke, um, needed to pay my son's daycare expenses and, um, you know, just about everything. Uh, so I fell back on the only job that I knew I could get, um, that I knew I was qualified for and could, you know, get money quick. And that was waiting tables. Um, and that just happened to align at the same time. The, uh, Surly Brewing Company was opening its, uh, not only its destination brewery, but also, um, on the second floor, uh, this fancy high-end restaurant that would end up be calling, being called the Brewer's Table. Um, and I got hired there to uh, basically be kind of like I uh, I don't know, like a free safety or something just to work when somebody uh, needed a night off or to otherwise um, just be there in case there was too many numbers on the books. Um, but pretty soon, I ended up just falling in love with the job. Um, I not only worked there uh, as the stopgap measure to um, you know, fill out the rest of uh, the summer in my sabbatical, but I stayed on and worked uh, through the entire lifespan of the restaurant for another two and a half years, e- even after I was back to to full pay and, and teaching again.
0: It was like reading uh, a book about my friends. You know, I know Jorge, I know Omar, I know people who've worked in the business. And I just felt like it was A warm hug after COVID and all of the really crappy things that have happened in a lot of the uh, lives of our restaurant hospitalitarians, we'll call them. Mm -hmm. And I felt like your book really captured what was my experience in being in hospitality, the part of it that I loved, some of it that I hated, Some of the people you hate, right? You know, there's always, at every restaurant you work at, it's like the cast of characters are the same. They just have different names. Right. And I just, I really, um, I enjoyed the book and I felt really sad when the restaurant closed and I felt sad all over again because the Brewer's Table was such a groundbreaking restaurant and Jorge had such an amazing vision for it and all the folks that worked there. And I was just sad all over again when I got to the end.
1: I know, spoiler alert, but yeah, it's not, it's not open anymore. Um, Yeah, I was too. I couldn't, I couldn't really fathom um, how crushed I was by, by the closing of the restaurant. I mean, I guess, first of all, I have to say like, uh, you know, I hadn't worked in restaurants in like 10 years and I never worked um, in any in Minnesota before this. Um, So to me, the cast of characters was entirely new. Like, I didn't understand what a big deal Jorge was um, I didn't understand how just amazingly talented and and knowledgeable and um just like beautiful like everybody I worked with was um it was just the the most amazing um group of people I'd ever met um I mean all of whom were you know at least 10 years younger than I was at the time um but at the same time they were like smarter uh better at, at like the the kind of agility and and um, just sort of like on your feetness you need to have working in hospitality. Um and so I I immediately felt like outskilled and outpaced by everybody. Um but but before long it was like uh we were all family. Um it was just amazing. So so it was really uh it, it was crushing when it closed. Um and it was the kind of thing that I tried to hang on to for a little while by um seeking another restaurant that uh you know we we all momentarily worked at um uh oh gosh, what was it called? Um, it was where the La Belle V was, um, which is since closed again, uh, and become something new. Um, but it just wasn't the same, you know, it just wasn't the same, uh, to go from doing the amazing kind of stuff that, that Jorge was, uh, putting out night after night, after night at the brewer's table to, to serve, to serving like steak Diane again, and shrimp scampi and stuff yep. that just was, you know, nice and expensive for sure. Um, but it wasn't, you know, like mind blowing.
0: Yeah. Um, it's interesting too, because Jorge's gonna be opening a new restaurant called Mextex that will be at Urban Eatery, uh uh the Lake Calhoun apartments, I guess is probably the best way people know what that is. Mm-hmm. So I was curious whether that appealed to you as someone who's worked for him and will that cast of characters reassemble?
1: Well, I don't know. Um, you know, I I I wanna believe Uh, that working in the hospitality industry in like in a, in a given city would be like, you know, Hemingway's Paris or something like that. It's this like movable feast where you can just slide from, from one um, salon to the next. Uh, But, but I can safely say that it was not the same, you know, when we tried to replicate it uh, without Jorge and, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if he wasn't the difference. Um, But, but I just don't know. Uh, It's, It's it's not tempting for me, I have to say, because I'm like seven years older um, and as a 50 year old person uh, with like feet that hurt from just walking the dogs, uh, (laughs) I don't think I could cut it anymore. You know, Um, that's
0: kind of a a funny thing that you bring up, because for my whole life, I always was like, well, I can always fall back on the restaurant business. Right. Mm -hmm. I was a good waitress. I know how to do it. I enjoyed it was a terrible hostess I yeah, was really terrible check. at the coat check yeah there's just certain jobs that I was terrible at but I do remember turning 50 and feeling like oh god like I don't think I could probably go back to the restaurant business it's hard
1: yeah yeah I mean uh the last two winters like I even when I was waiting tables I mean I, this was pre-covid when when the brews tables open. Um, and like I said, I was seven years younger, even then, like I was still running and going to the gym, even if I had to put in like an eight hour, nine hour, you know, 12 hour shift. Um, and it wasn't the end of the world. Uh, and now it's like, Oh, you know, my foot hurts. (laughs) I don't, I don't think I can like walk to the grocery store anymore. Right. Um, Never mind, you know, like hustle for eight hours, um, uh, and pretend like it's nothing wearing. Yeah. like clogs and stuff.
0: Yes, exactly. Um the Last Supper Club is the name of the book. I can totally see it being optioned for like a series or a movie. You know, has that crossed your mind?
1: <laughs> no. Um I mean, <laughs> you know, that that'd be lovely. It'd be
0: um, amazing. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, but uh I I'm just so grateful for the here and now. Um the the press has been amazing, everybody I work with. Has just been fantastic, um, and you know, uh, publishing is so uh, unpredictable that there's Brutal.
0: just
1: yeah, there's just no telling uh, what can happen. So I'm I'm just super grateful to to have another book in the world.
0: You came at the end of the this restaurant experience happened before the end of COVID, and we have had so many folks in the restaurant business, and I think it's fair to say Jorge's been pretty vocal about his personal experience too with mental health with kind of reevaluating what your place is in the world um how we treat hospitality how we feel about restaurant service tipping is still just kind of a mess yeah um do you have any insights on that in like were you surprised that that was where we found ourselves during covid
1: um yeah it was just like one blow after the after another to to everybody in the restaurant business um but but i will say that um the the way we did things at the brewer's table was just sublime um and it was just as simple as we we had a tipping pool right so like um everybody's tips just went in, went into a kitty and uh you got paid how much you worked um and it was just like I don't know. It was a small enough staff where like there was, there were no like, um, freeloaders, like everybody just worked their butts off for themselves, of course, but for everybody else, like that's, that's what it felt like. You, you weren't worried about your own tables because you knew you were going to take care of them. You were worried about other people's tables, you know, yeah. you, you saw, um, some drinks or beers, uh, lined up at the pass. And it was like, Oh, I got to run those for Jesse. Like I can't just let him sit there and go yes. flat. Um, and it was like, cause, because there was a tip pool, uh, we just all did it for each other. Um, and it, it slowly expanded to include, um, the, the typically non tipped staff like hostesses, um, and food runners. Um, and we were on the cusp of, you know, expanding that to everybody in the restaurant and then, you know, everything collapsed. Uh, and I feel like if, if we go to like, I don't know, like I remember going to, um, iceland once uh which is a non-gratuity oriented um you know little little island um and the service there was so indifferent they were just like they could not be just more savagely bored with whatever your needs were right. as, as a diner and i just thought wow we're not we i mean it's a hard job you need motivation to do it well and i i realize people think that's true of of everything um but to take your order and just give you food um, does not require like empathy and enthusiasm. Um, And I think that's where tips come in. Is like, if, if you know, you're working for more than just a base wage, um, you're going to do it uh, to the best of your ability. um, And you're going to end up making people feel like they're a part of the family.
0: Um, I do feel like too, that the restaurant business and being a server is a microcosm for life. Like, how do you show up just in your daily living? How do you manage your daily tasks? How able are you to multitask? What do you do when something goes wrong? How fast can you figure something out on the fly? Like as someone who was hiring people at one point, I looked for a restaurant experience. I wanted those people.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: It's really, it requires a lot of different skill sets. And you talk about leadership. I think about Jorge in particular because of the book, but You know, there's a lot of ways in the world that bad managers can exist, right? If you're Target Corporation and you have all these middle layers of some great managers, some probably not so great, right? You can hide in a big corporation. When you're in a restaurant environment, there's no hiding. Like if you're terrible at your job, it's pretty apparent.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I give a ton of credit not only to Jorge um, but also to Dustin Thompson, the sous chef. Like, I mean. You know, Jorge and Dustin collaborated on everything, but it was Dustin who, like, basically led the brigade um, in the kitchen. Um, But on the floor, in the front of house way, um, Dan DeNovis, our our manager uh, for the first, I think, year and a half or something. And then he was promoted to, like, head of hospitality for all of Surly. Um, That guy was amazing. Like, he just, (laughs) he was such a goofball. Um, But he was also so serious. Um, And unlike a lot of restaurants where I worked, um, as I'm sure is the case with you, where uh, restaurant managers would just be like in their little hidey hole, um, recovering from some savage, you know, hangover, um, and would just like never emerge unless things were on fire, um, or maybe especially if things were on fire. Um, Dan was just always, he was willing to do anything. um, And it was never like, you did something wrong. If Dan was helping you out, um, that's just who he was. Um, and it's funny cause he went, he went from working, um, at some, like, like one of those bars in Manhattan or someplace that's yep. open till six in the morning where typically he would have to like break up fights by like putting people into sleeper holds and stuff, um, to, to doing this, like ludicrously, like high-end management job where he would, he would quiz us, you know everyday almost with like okay what's this micro herb or like i'm going to put seven dots on a plate you have to tell me you know which dot is which and which plate it goes with um and so it was just like we were just always on our toes um and never knew what was coming but but in the best possible way
0: yeah i love it will you so what does your book tour look like and how did your friends feel about being named in the book
1: you know that's a funny thing um the lawyers right are <laughs> they do what they do, um, and they were worried that uh if i if I named people at the sub management level um they they were worried that sometimes i mean you know like restaurant folks come and go, and sometimes uh kind of like me like you're you're not necessarily taking a restaurant job because all the stars aligned and you're doing what you wanna do. Um, and so w- w- they wanted me to change the names of uh everybody below the um the management level um i spent way too much time worrying about that so um i hope they i hope they recognize themselves and i hope they don't hate the names i had to change their their real identities to um but i can safely say i spent uh dozens of hours like thinking about that um But anyway, uh, we're doing a little, a little book tour thing. Um, mostly regional stuff. Uh, uh, the, the kickoff event is at majors in Quinn and then we will be at next chapter and then head down to Northfield to content. Um, and then, uh, do some other regional stuff, uh, at Boswell books in Milwaukee and a couple events in, um, Madison. Um, and then, uh, where else headed to Salt Lake City for a couple of events, uh, as well as Denver. Um, and then from there, we'll see.
0: Yeah, I love it. Well, it's been fun to talk to you, Matthew. The book is The Last Supper Club, or Waiter's Requiem. If you listen to me and Stephanie March on the radio at Weekly Dish, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about hospitality. And if that feels your cup, then you need to get this book because it's sort of like, a a walk in those shoes. And it's very well done. And it's very interesting. And I just really enjoyed it.
1: Sweet. Thanks, Stephanie. Yeah,
0: thanks, Matthew. Good luck. Thank you. Bye.